Welcome back to the week six edition of my weekly NFL Pick'em. I'm torn between trying to be funny and responsible with the video this week. The off the field NFL drama has continued to rival the on the field product for better and for worse this season. I'll save the John Gruden takes for when the Raiders and Broncos segments up, but if anyone has an issue with them, then they probably need to stop being a f***ing and they can submit their complaint to my boss, preferably via email. So anyways, I said I was gonna have a mock draft before this week's Pick'em video came out. Anyone else that's followed this channel should know that that actually meant it would come out a few days later, but I'd rather make a quick pick'em video then rush out a mock draft but this Gruden stuff kind of got my head spinning I didn't really know what to say or where to go with this so bear with me the goal in this video is 500 likes we almost hit that last week which is awesome and the most that we've had all season so thank you so much for that I think we can do it this week let's hit 500 help support this channel it will give me a lot of good momentum going into a mock draft that should still come out now this weekend but first let's focus on week six Dolphins versus Jaguars. It's another game in London between two trash teams, but hey, at least it's more football for breakfast, right? I've got family friends in England and I haven't had to apologize for America's performance since, you know what, Never mind. Let's stick to football as much as we can this week. Reports are that Tua could actually be available for this game, but I'm not really sure why you'd wanna throw your busted ribbed quarterback into a game that requires a seven hour flight afterwards. Cabin pressure from that long journey will make your whole body swell up, but I digress. After the Urban Meyer drama, the Jaguars, they could have just come into the game against the Titans and laid down while Derrick Henry ran all over them and they oh wait they sure as hell did didn't they but hey at least they came into the game playing hard right after seeing the team troll Urban when breaking a practice huddle with a grind chant I'm convinced that this is going to be a great team building experience and a story moving forward for everybody on this roster. Trevor Lawrence will always be able to tell the new guys about what this was like. And this trip to London is just gonna be another part of the bonding experience for everybody involved. And this game's actually kind of crucial for NFL draft positioning. The Jaguars are catching the Dolphins at what could be the tail end of their slump and could steal a win here. However, the dysfunction surrounding this team means that the Jaguars might not win a game until they fire Urban Meyer. This is a scenario where an interim head coach could come in and you know mess up their draft stock at the end of the year with a couple wins, especially with the Jets and Texans in weeks 15 and 16. Daryl Bevel is a highly respected offensive coordinator in the NFL and took over Matt Patricia last year in Detroit going one and four. Until the Jaguars make a move at head coach, I'm probably picking against them. Dolphins win 24-19. Chargers at Ravens. These are not your grandfather's Chargers. That old San Diego version would not have found a way to win last week after missing that extra point. And these Baltimore Ravens have got a similar resiliency this year. And the AFC is low-key stacked in Super Bowl contenders. With the Chiefs letting off the gas or whatever it is they're doing over there, it now feels like there are five legitimate AFC teams that could win the Super Bowl, including these two. And the Chargers are going to be very battle-tested when the playoffs get here because they will have played three out of the four other AFC contenders within a span of four weeks before they head into their week seven bye. Then they get to come back from their bye week to a pretty easy schedule. So this one is kind of important, but how do you pick against Lamar Jackson right now? I mean, he's getting dominated for three quarters by a good defense and still pulls out a victory. This game feels like splitting hairs. So I'll lean on one of my tiebreakers. The 10 a.m. start for the Chargers body clock gets them off to a slow start and Ravens capitalize. I think the Ravens win 35-31. Vikings at Panthers. I have a confession, guys. I've never really been a big sports better. Gambling always felt like it wasn't a financially productive thing to do because it's something that I had no control over. Well, for the last two weeks, I've been getting into creating three or four parlays that I feel like have a good chance to cover multiple scenarios where I really like my odds to win at least one. So I can pretty much put $10 down on a bet and win up to 250. You don't have to be an analytics wizard at PFF to do the math there. The reason I bring this up is because the Panthers cost me big last week. They were 
the only team that I used in multiple parlays. And now somehow they appear to be imploding. After such a hot start, they need to win this one if they're to be taken seriously in the NFC as a wild card contender. Getting Christian McCaffrey back might be the cure for Sam Darnold's recent drop off, but unless he plays offensive tackle, I don't know how the Panthers are gonna block this Vikings defensive line. Vikings win 24-21. Packers at Bears. Shout out to the Bears for helping me win my parlay last weekend. The only one that I had remaining after the first slate of games, thanks to the Panthers. And I even took the Bears at plus five and a half before the John Gruden news broke. I'm telling y'all, I might have to do a live stream of me picking these parlays. Maybe it's beginner's luck. Maybe I'm just less afraid of the betting vernacular now, but your boy is out of here killing it. As for this one though, the Bears defense is playing well. Glad to see Justin Fields playing well. I think they got kind of lucky with the timing of that news and that matchup with the Raiders last week. I think the close one in Cincinnati probably woke the Packers up. Packers win 27-20. Bengals at Lions. These two already tormented franchises both had some really rough emotional losses last week where I honestly thought they were going to pull it out. The craziest part is that on a day where kickers were missing everything, the one guy who made a clutch kick is the Vikings kicker. But this guy, Dan Campbell, he's going to mess around and get me rooting for the Lions to win one. Just not this when week. You, uh, when you see your players give all that they have and... Uh and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. And so ultimately, you know, it, uh, we, didn't, we didn't do enough to win, but I was proud of them. And I love the fight they have in them. And I love the grit. This Bengals team is dynamic, hungry, confident. I don't think those jerseys get enough credit for how sick they are. Bengals win this one at 26-17. Texans at Colts. The Colts just lack that killer instinct with Carson Wentz at quarterback, but that defense is really good when they're not gassed after chasing Lamar Jackson all night. Colts win this one easy, 24-10. Rams at Giants. The Giants, they got decimated by injuries last week and will probably be a punching bag for the next few weeks. Rams win 34-17. Chiefs at Washington football team. The Chiefs, they've been getting shredded all week and they earned it, honestly. I mean, they've been spending more time coming up with these gimmicky ways to hike the ball in games that end up losing by double digits. Until they are officially eliminated from the playoffs, I'll save my concerns because personally, I enjoy a wide open league where it's not just one dominant team every year. However, this Chiefs team is weirdly starting to remind me of Andy Reid's old Eagles teams. Yet Donovan McNabb started doing too many chunky soup commercials. Looked like he might've been eating too much chunky soup. The Eagles forgot how to run the ball. The defense relied too heavily on turnovers and that was only because the offense wasn't balanced enough to keep them off the field not saying they're an exact replica but it's something to pay attention to down the stretch however i think this is going to be a get right week for the chiefs even though the spotlight is not on them the rumblings and the distractions coming out of dc are going to be messing with guys i think the chiefs win this one 30 to 20. Cardinals at Browns. This Oklahoma Heisman quarterback rivalry needs to be a thing. These two matched up in Arizona during Kyler's rookie season and the Cardinals got the best of the Browns that day. As a big fan of the team building aspect of the NFL, I have loved what the Cardinals have been doing for a while now. In fact, in my Discord power rankings that I haven't updated since because I wanted to see them play out and not because I'm too lazy, you can see that the Cardinals were at number six. I feel confident in saying that's probably higher than anybody else had them after the first week of the season. Now I probably have the Seahawks, Saints, 49ers wrong here, but the rest of them looks pretty good for it being from week one. My power rankings now would look different at the top, but you have to check out the Discord if you want to see them. I've also been pretty high on the Browns all year, and they have come through despite some close losses against the AFC West. The aspect of this game in which I'd be the most concerned for either team would be the Cardinals' 28th ranked run defense. They're going to be up against the Browns' number one rushing attack, and they're going to have to do it without Chandler Jones, who tested positive for COVID. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, the Cardinals' offense will also be without center Rodney Hudson, who suffered a rib injury last week against the Niners. I think the Browns 
Browns are going to get an offensive encore from that epic shootout with the Chargers last week and hand the Cardinals their first loss of the season. Browns win 34-31. Raiders at Broncos. This one is a doozy. Now, I've tried to do my part and create as much awareness of the inequality of this world without detouring too much from football, especially since the Great Awakening of 2020. But y'all, I had to rewrite the entire passage I had for the Raiders and John Gruden because I would have been canceled right alongside him for not slandering the man back when the news broke of the original single email about Big Lips. At first, I was trying to find the statute of limitations because like many people, I was ignorant to the depth of Gruden's bigotry. I'm not going to get into the comments and debate with you if you think this was too harsh of a concept consequence, nor do I want you to try and compare NFL players that have committed some crimes. Guess what? We've all committed crimes and we've all said hateful things at some point, whether we are caught or not. But to me, being a hateful person towards groups of people for things that they can't change has got to be one of the worst character flaws that a human can have. And a lot of old school guys probably won't agree with this, but this is our society now. It's time to get with the times, grandpa. If you want to be a bigot in your backwoods, then go off, but don't get caught by society unless you want to be singled out. Anyways, I'm not going to talk on it too much. I've seen way too many takes on both far ends of the spectrum but i gotta say ryan clark's was probably the most efficient and productive comments i've seen thus far so go check those out when you get a chance but this story it sadly goes way deeper than gruden it may be deservedly but gruden was the nfl's fall guy here and this isn't a great look for anybody involved i don't know what kind of shady shit is going on in those 600,000 emails from bruce allen or whoever else is involved but what i do know is that for far too long already the nfl has protected dan snyder at all costs and all this exposes is what we probably already knew but didn't want to admit is that the NFL is littered with these man-in-a-box personalities. And Dan Snyder is at the top of the food chain, so it seems like he's not going to suffer any consequences. I mean, hell, even Adam Schefter's getting tossed in the fire by the NFL. The Shield has been the king of PR manipulation since before I can even remember, and they've always known how to manipulate the news. I'm interested to see if the times have evolved too quickly, though, for them to maintain this sort of shady practice, or if we're going to find out the secrets surrounding the relocation details of the Rams and Chargers, or the Kaepernick blackball settlement. People are hot about these emails, and they want to see them. We might not see them by the end of the season, but eventually they will come out. But don't be surprised if somehow the NFL is still two steps ahead of us all. When Dan Snyder bought out the minority owners, 40% ownership of the Washington football team, that was back in March, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it never really did. Maybe it still will. But anyways, back to the Raiders. As an organization, I think they're going to be better off. They can get a younger, more innovative head coach at a fraction of the price, and the fans can all go back to thinking it's Raider Nation against the world. This week, the Broncos are going to get back on track though and kick the Raiders when they're down. Broncos win 23-16. Cowboys at Patriots. Cowboys are rolling and it feels pretty good. Haters can fall back until the playoffs because the Cowboys have one of the easiest remaining schedules in the league. The story of the season for the Cowboys has been Trayvon Diggs and I think the most surprising thing about Diggs is how elite of an athlete he is when he's moving with the correct intent. Like when he's playing his game, when he's on his game, he is a cheat code technically and physically. Quarterbacks are not supposed to move like this guy at six foot two, but I've seen a weird trend this year with people using analytics or stats or just made up stats to try and knock guys down a few pegs. And honestly, while I'm scrolling Twitter, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know where people get these stats from. It feels like people just can't celebrate a guy doing a good thing. Like obviously Diggs is not the perfect cornerback ever. He's big dude, he's long, but he's still gonna be susceptible to smaller, quicker, agile slot guys. Even if he does travel with the best wide receiver, he probably shouldn't have been covering Kadarius Tony anyways. You've got Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown for that much better matchups. Some of these people out here just need to stop being so negative all the time. Anyways, the Cowboys defense is ranked 25th and that could be a cause for concern 
turn, but a big chunk of yards actually come against them in semi garbage time. They might be blowing their load a little bit too early and then they go limp in the fourth because they get too comfortable. This is a dangerous game to play and they will end up losing a game that they are up in double digits because a team is going to get hot at the end of the third quarter and then catch them off guard. If there is a team that's capable of that, the Patriots might be up for it. Belichick does want to expose your greatest weakness, but offensively, Cowboys are one of the most balanced teams in the league right now. He can't stop all these wide receivers and running backs like that. At first, I thought he's just going to have to open up the playbook and try to go for a shootout, but now I'm wondering if he challenges the Cowboys offense with a much slower half-court kind of offense where he grinds down the defense with an annoyingly patient rushing attack in an attempt to limit the Cowboys offensive possessions. Either way, this could be a good game, but I'm guessing it's going to be lower scoring than we think. Cowboys win 26-16. On Sunday Night Football, we've got the Seahawks at the Steelers, and man, this one had potential before the Russell Wilson finger injury. The biggest question will be, which number seven quarterback is worse? Well, it's a matchup league, and even though Geno Smith looked sharp against the Rams in spot duty, he drew the much tougher matchup defensively because the Seahawks defense has just been terrible at stopping the pass. And even without Juju Smith-Schuster, the Steelers have more than enough weapons to take advantage. Steelers win 33-19. On Monday Night Football, we've got the Bills versus the Titans, and I think the Bills are the most popular number one team in power rankings right now. It's pretty crazy. Last week, the Chiefs, they tried to get Mother Nature to pull a Super Bowl 27, shift the momentum with a little lightning delay, but the Bills came out with the best backyard football quarterback and kept their foot on the gas. The last two games for the Bills have been really good playoff weather reps for them and their eventual home playoff games. Josh Allen is just living his best for life right now, and the Bills have built a team that can win the whole damn thing. You know, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing the Diggs bro lined up across from each other in the Super Bowl. But the Bills have actually got a tough game this week. Titans are underachieving, but they still have the ability to be dangerous and are going to catch some teams off guard, especially for a Bills team that's coming off such a big emotional win. I'm still going with the Bills, but this game has got Trap City written all over it. Let me check my notes. I don't see Josh Norman anywhere on this Bills depth chart, so Bills win 35-28. And then finally on Thursday Night Football, we've got the Buccaneers at the Eagles. Tom Brady has moved past that Patriots game and isn't looking back. He torched his old rivals last week, and now he faces a team that cost him a Super Bowl. And despite the worst linebacking core in the league, the Eagles have surprisingly got the ninth ranked defense with the number three pass defense. This is going to be a good test for the Bucs on a short week, but I can't pick against the GOAT when he's firing on all cylinders like this. Bucks win 31-21. That's going to do it for me. Please stay tuned for my mock draft. I promise it's coming out soon. Thank you guys so much for watching, liking, commenting, subscribing. Remember, the goal is 500 likes, and I will see you all in the next video.